Are you ready, Christine? Mm-hmm. Are you ready, Ma? Yes, I am. Let's go. Let's go to Jamaica, Mom. Oh, you're just doing an accent, huh? Just that. <laughs> That's the only time. Well, it's not like it wasn't in the movie. Woo! We are doing 1993's Cool Runnings. <clears throat> Based on a true story, this is the comedic saga. Whoa, of- whoa, whoa. Oh, I got to stop you right there. We got to throw in a loosely times three. Loosely, loosely, loosely based on a true story. Yeah, there were four Jamaicans who did. (laughs) Jamaica did put their first bobsled team in the Olympics in 1988 in Calgary. Yes. That is that is true. True. And then the end is true. They used some actual footage. Yes. Yes, they did crash. Spoiler <laughs> alert! <laughs> I mean, if you don't know me by now. <laughs> uh, okay. May I go on? Yes, this I'm sorry, but I, just, I could cute. not I could not let that slide. <laughs> okay. Comedic. This is based, loosely based, loosely, loosely, loosely based on a true story of a... Uh, she has me messed up. <laughs> Four Jamaican bobsledders who dream of competing in the Winter Olympics despite never having seen snow. The particulars? Yes, please. <laughs> the particulars. Cool Runnings came out on October 1st, 1993. Produced by Don Steele, who also produced Flashdance, Top Gun, and Fatal Attraction. Oh. Nerd Alert. She was the second woman to run a major Hollywood studio. She became president of Paramount Pictures in 1985. Shirley, Sherry Lansing was the first woman to run a major motion picture. Um, and then Don Steele went on to run Columbia Pictures in 1987. And it was also produced by Susan B. Landau, who also did Mr. Destiny, Angus, and An Ideal Husband. Directed by John Turteltaub who also did While You Were Sleeping, Disney's The Kid, and The Meg, among others. Screenplay by Lynn Seifert, who also wrote the TV show Once and Again, and Sports Night, and the film Cousin Bet. Tom Swardlow and Michael Goldberg, who their follow-up to this movie was a little film called Little Giants, which I remember loving as a child. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't do it. I might not love it anymore. They also wrote Bushwhacked and Snow Dogs. The story is by Lynn Seifert and Michael Ritchie. Michael Ritchie, we know him because he directed Bad News Bears, Fletch, and Wildcats. Ooh. The music is by Hans Zimmer, who has done so many films, but you may have heard of these. The Lion King, The Dark Knight, Inception, and Dune. The Dune that just came out by the way. Director of photography is Fendin Papa Michael, who also did Walk the Line, Nebraska, and Ford versus Ferrari. Edited by Bruce Green, who did The Princess Diaries, Baby Mama, and While You Were Sleeping. It stars John Candy as Irving Irv Blitzer, 
John Candy was in National Lampoon's Vacation, Little Shop of Horrors, Spaceballs, Uncle Buck, and JFK. He died in March of 1994, which makes Cool Runnings the last movie to be released during his lifetime. Oh. Leon, Leon Robinson, he's credited as Leon, as Derice ba- Bannock. He was in the Five Heartbeats, Above the Rim, and to me, he's most famous as being the guy in Madonna's very controversial video, Like a Prayer. Uh-huh. Doug E. Doug as Senka Coffee. He was in Class Act, Operation Dumbo Drop, Hanging with the Homeboys, and the TV show Cosby. Raul D. Lewis as Junior Bevel. He was in Malcolm and Eddie, Spy Hard, and K Pax. Malik Yoba as Joel Brenner. This was his first movie, according to Wikipedia. He was also in Copland, Why Did I Get Married, New York Undercover, and Empire. Raymond J. Barry as Kurt Hemphill. He was also in Born on the Fourth of July, Falling Down, and Training Day, among so many others. He's just, that guy just has that face. He's always playing like an FBI agent or a cop or something. Uh, Peter Outerbridge as Joseph Gruel, who was also in Mission to Mars, Cold Creek Manor, and Saw 6. Charles Hyatt as Whitby Bevel. He's a famous Jamaican actor, playwright, director, author, and broadcaster. He was in The Bush Baby, The Mighty Quinn, and Almost Heaven. Winston Stona as Barrington Coolidge. He was also in The Harder They Come, The Lunatic, and One Love. And those are the particulars. Well, the movie starts with a young man running around Jamaica, and everybody knows him and says hi. We see that it is November 1987. There is a pushcart derby, which evidently is a very big deal in Jamaica. Yes. Every year. And we meet Sanka, and he's the best pushcart driver in Jamaica, uh, he tells us. Then we go to the day of the Olympic tryouts for the 100-meter race. I think it's 100-meter. And... Darius, 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 I forgot how they said it, is everyone's favorite. But when the sprinter in the middle lane trips, which I have a comment about. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he sends Darius and another runner down with him. Their Olympic dreams are shattered until Darius sees his gold medal winning father in a picture with an American gold medal bobsledder. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Well, POC, let's see if Erin had her um, little tally maker out or not. I I did not have my little tally maker out. There was a lot of black people and there was a lot of white people. Didn't see too many Asians represented at the Olympics. So these, these Winter Olympics, 1988 in Calgary. Calgary, yeah. So there, there, there you have it for the POC count. And not um, many uh, um, equal ability people that have, aren't quite equal. What do we say about them? Able-bodied, no, what is it? Capable? Handy-capable people. Wow. 
just blew that up. So cast. <clears throat> Anyone? You go for it. All right. So I found a Washington Post, 2018 Washington Post perspective by Christina. Oh, Breyer. I read that same one. Oh, yeah. So she was just talking about how, in her perspective, her mother was Jamaican and how as soon as anybody would find out that her mom was Jamaican, they would say to her, they would do the, the race thing, the, I don't have it memorized. But it's the... Oh, I have it right here. Hold, yeah. please. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up, it's bobsled time. Yeah, oh, everybody okay. would say that. Because when... So this movie... When this movie came out, I remember it. I was in eighth grade. I remember going... That we went to see it in the movie theater. I don't remember seeing it in the movie theater. I remember then watching it at the end of the year in my eighth grade year. It was put on in band class. But nobody was paying attention to it because... It has so much to do with musical instruments. Well, n yeah, but Ma, you know, it was at the end of the year. Oh, you know? I taught to the very last minute. Oh. Uh-huh. Well, well, some people... <laughs> some teachers didn't, and it was, you know, the last day of school or whatever, and so it was just like they would roll in the TV in the VCR. Yeah. <laughs> no, no students may handle this cart. Uh, yeah, and, and with the seatbelt around the TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I remember of it. And I remember when it came out that I thought I was entertained by it. I thought it was fun. I also was like, oh, this is like a little. It felt like a little kids' movie to me. I and think then it is. That's that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And then, but then I was older, so I didn't have Disney. The, well, I didn't watch the Disney Channel because apparently people who are younger than me, this was on a lot on the Disney Channel in heavy that. rotation. Mm. So there are a lot of people who are just know this off the top of their head and like just completely are in love with it. So this <laughs> might rub them the wrong way. But this is according to her perspective, and this is the part of the power of cast. So. She says, quote, the film steers clear of the biggest problem by emphasizing the quartet's nationality. They're not funny because they're black men on ice, but because they're Jamaicans walking on ice for the first time. Right. So it kind of it's it's like, oh, it's OK to laugh at them because they're Jamaicans. But they're you kind of are. It's still the same kind of trope. It is. It's it, they're the only people of color in the bobsled race. So. <clears throat> when you laugh at them, it's it's hard to make the distinction. And, I mean, you know, you had a lot of um, Western European countries in there that didn't do too great, you know, just 40 years earlier with different people. So, mm -hmm. it, it, and there's that. Oh, Sanka is the embodiment of essentialized notion of Jamaicanness. He's loud, laid back, gesture of the group, and has gesture is exactly what he was, and has illusions of being Rastafarian, but it's not. That's never gone into, which it makes sense because it's a kids' movie, but it's still pointing it out. Um, 
they can't copy the Swiss. That's why they come up with their own thing. They need to be themselves. But then she says, quote, being Jamaican for them means stressing less, smiling more, and becoming more musical and lyrical. Traits often deployed in racist tropes about black and Caribbean people in particular. Yeah. So that I was kind of like, okay, but it's kind of hard. Yeah. There, there's white savior themes. The team mm -hmm. isn't in the room where it happens when right. they have to, because uh, they're disqualified. And so uh, John Candy's character, Herb, has to go in. And it's all white men that are deciding their fate. Um, and no Jamaicans were involved in the making of this film. Mm -hmm. You know, you got white writers, white directors, white producers, pretty sure all American. Um, the names Yule, this is, so this is just me now pointing out cast. The names Yule Brenner and Seika Coffee is names. Like, why? And then I read that Roger Ebert had this thing about names, and he said, quote, funny names in general are a sign of desperation at the screenplay level. There you go. There you go. So I thought it was interesting. And Leon had mentioned that this film did go through many different screenplays and writing. And at first it was going to be a serious film, and then it just changed because it that it wasn't well, gonna get done that way. Yeah, it and the changed way it, because somebody saw Chariots of Fire and how boring that was. <laughs> <laughs> we yes. are not making that mistake again. <laughs> and then I'm I'm not sure if you all in any of your research ever came across why they were being disqualified because I did read that they were disqualified in real life, and that it actually actually appeals went from other people and one of the people that the appeals went to the IOC was um the Prince of Monaco mm -hmm. he actually put in a word for them but I couldn't figure out I was like well why would they and then I was like <laughs> old the old finger of racism tapped me on my <laughs> shoulder was like um do you think that maybe it's just because they're black <laughs> it's just as easy as that so while I don't have an answer for that um I just put it in power of cast because of right. just my life experiences and what it has taught me. And John Candy says in the film in front of the IOC, the bobsledding committee, I think it was just the bobsledding committee at that point, that um, there was a rule that they had to compete in at least one other race before they got to the Olympics. But then what I read said that rule wasn't in place at that time. So I, I don't know. Yeah, and they played so fast and loose with the facts of it that I was like, oh, they that never happened. It was for the movie. But then I think that it, it really did happen. But because it's just, it's I found it hard to, in my <laughs> strenuous research that I do, <laughs> um, aka it wasn't mentioned in Wikipedia why they were disqualified or something like that. So... Who who knows? And there was an article um, just yesterday in the Washington Post all about this team because the bobsledding team was, did they compete this year? Mm -hmm. um, and how that program has continued and, and what those guys had to say about the film. Um, I'll get into more of that later. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was very timely. I don't know where I was going with that. So let's move on, shall we? Okay. 
Uh, we are to nerd alert. Okay, so the year is 1993. So this is what happened in 1993 when this movie came out. Leading. So this is from January to October. Czechoslovakia ceased to exist. Oh. And now I... So I was like, yes, because in my mind, I remember when we were in Germany, Czechoslovakia existed, and it felt like when we landed in America, Czechoslovakia didn't exist. All of a sudden, it was the Czech Republic and Slovakia, and my mind was blown because I was like, wait, what? I don't understand. So that happened in January of 1993. It's referred to as the Velvet Divorce, which was the result of the Velvet Revolution, and that was a the Velvet Revolution was a bloodless 1989 end to the rule of the Communist Party of Czechoslovakia. There was no bloodshed. There was no violence. They just were like, "We're done with this." Yeah. And then and then there was just the Czech Republic and Slovakia, and they were just like, "Why don't we just like draw this line here and you go your way and we go ours?" And they're like, "Yes." And so they just went, not to be confused. With the cluster cuss of that happened with Yugoslavia, because sometimes I get those confused, yeah. and I know that that was a whole thing. Because so Babs that... and I went to Czechoslovakia, so that must have been at the very beginning of our three years there, because it was still called Czechoslovakia at that time. <clears throat> and well, we, they... we left in '92, so it was still Czechoslovakia. It just felt. Oh, like... at that point, okay, okay. Yeah, like all of a sudden, I'm just like the. You're from the Czech Republic. Because I remember my German teacher was like, I'm from the Czech Republic. And I was like, you mean Czechoslovakia? <laughs> um, well, with her, you, you could yeah, have had exactly. to redirect. Bill Clinton was sworn in as the 42nd president of the United States of America. The World Trade Center bombing happened. Yeah. Oh, there was a yeah. bomb that was placed in a van that was parked below the North Tower. It killed six people and injured over a thousand people. And the terrorists had hoped to had hoped that the bomb would take down Tower One, which would then fall into Tower Two in revenge for the US support for Israel against Palestine. And foreshadowing. Dun, dun, dun. They saw that it did not work, and they had to go back to the drawing board and reassess their plans. Man. <clears throat> and Don't I would I... like to say there was a field trip of children in that building that had to get out. <clears throat> As a teacher who despised field trips, I can't imagine one worse. <laughs> then the bomb. Well, <laughs> I know a day of a field trip to the World Trade Center that would have been worse, but. Well, <clears throat> you know, just, I, I didn't ever hear that there had been one that day, so hopefully not. Just say it. I don't, I don't know. The Waco siege happened in Texas. That was a 51-day standoff at the Branch Davidian compound. Yes, and it, it ended was. in a fire that killed 76 people. Which, at this point, I'm reading through the 1993s, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's right. I would come home from school every day and just see, like, what bullshit happened while I was at school today. Yeah. That would happen. Monica Seles, she was the world's number one tennis player, was stabbed during a match right. in Hamburg, Germany, by a fan who was so obsessed with Steffi Graf. I'm sorry, Steffi! Steffi. Steffi Graf, that he wanted, because Monica Seles had been beating Steffi Graf, they were rivals and they were going back and forth in tennis. And 
he was so obsessed that he stabbed her in the back because he wanted her injured so that she couldn't play so that Steffi would be number one in the world again. Wow. How things just keep coming back around. I know. And then this final one I thought was very interesting. I'd never heard of it. It's called Eternal September or the September that never ended. And this is because in September 1993, this is when internet service providers began offering Usenet, which Usenet is just a, a word that means user networks, across to many new users. So the popularity, so this is basically the introduction of the internet. The popularity of the internet led to a constant stream of new users. Thus, like computer geeks will say that the September of 1993 is the September that never ended because everybody's constantly jumping on the internet. Well, there. I thought that was very interesting. Interesting. The top five films of 1993, number five was The Firm, number four was Schindler's List, number three was The Fugitive, number two was Mrs. Doubtfire, and the number one film of 1993, Jurassic Park. Um, mm. Compare that with the Oscar nominees. We have Remains of the Day, The Piano, <laughs> In the Name of the Father, The Fugitive, which I forgot that that got nominated for Best Picture, and the winner, of course, Schindler's List. Yes. I mean, come on. As it, as it deserved to be. And those are my nerd alerts. Okay. I was wondering, was that the Olympics that Katarina Witt um, skated to Schindler's List theme song? In nine, no, she would have skated to. Oh, it would have been it. in the. Well, that's years. around the time because remember the the Winter Olympics and the Summer Olympics, they were at the uh, combined. The yeah. So ninety two was Barcelona, Albertville, and then in ninety four. Wasn't it? No. 96 was Lily Hammer, I think. I think it was that one then. Okay. Because there was something where that happened and there was like two Olympics. No, it was 96 and then 98. Because I think 98 was Nagano. And then that's when they were on. That, that's when they did the split between the summer and the winter Olympic years. I'm sorry for nerding out. Okay. Christine, any nerd alerts? None for me. Well, we are to negative reheatables, uh, and it's already been discussed. I I, I, I felt like Sanka was just too over the top with the um, Jamaican, how people wanted to portray Jamaican people. It's tough because it's a the it's trope. a fine yeah it's the trope because it's a fine well, fine. And it's also interesting because I, we were watching YouTube videos of Devon Harris. Is it Devon or Devon? I'm not sure. Oh, man. Well, I work with somebody named Devon, and it's spelled the same way, so now I can't say it differently. Yeah. I'm sorry. But he was the founder of the Jamaican bobsled team. And we watched a couple of interviews with him, and it's like... He said that he thought they did a good job 
Like he said that they were worried that they were going to be portrayed as just like a bunch of weed smoking Jamaicans. And exactly. There was really only one reference to that that I saw. And it did and make me laugh. That it joke. was pretty funny. Um, but he said that they, like he thought they did a good job portraying, portraying the spirit of the team. But it's like, you know, it's just like, okay, good job you did that. But like, what else? Mm-hmm. It, it, and especially just when we've gone back and we're looking through the and, history yeah. of black people and their being portrayal depiction. And it's like yeah. back then, like that's all you could ask for. Like, you know, like who knew better? Not that that's and, all you could ask for, they, but like that's a step up then. And it was a Disney film that was being mm-hmm. marketed to, to children. So you got to have that, um, the court jester type yeah. character in there. I, I just, it was uncomfortable watching it in uh, 2022. Holy shit. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, so, because um, also, because it goes back to the, um, remember, what was that movie? Spider Baby. And it was like the Mor- Moreland guy who was the, he was the black guy. And yeah, he was big yeah. time and like the, the step and fetch it and stuff mm-hmm. of like those. That's how if you saw black people and they were able to be in a role, if they weren't the mammies or something, then it was, you know, the big like the big eye reactions exactly. and, and exactly. that kind of thing for comedy. And it's some it's a trope that you still see to this day. It's just that you need other things to balance it out. Like he is funny and he was a court gesture, yeah. but it's hard when you're like, this is 1993. How, what in those t- in those in between times have we gone mm-hmm. as far as from 1952 to 1993? And you're kind of like, man, from doing this show, it's like we haven't really. This is why we can't have nice things, kind of a thing. Well, I, uh, um, I wondered why John Candy, who had been stripped of the John Candy character, Blitzer, had been stripped of his medals because he had cheated in an Olympics. How could he come back and then coach an Olympic team? That didn't yeah. seem... Wow. Uh, oh, but exactly, uh. it goes right with what's going on with yeah. the Olympics this year. It's like, is there no overseeing board or, you know, it's, was there an issue and then... um they went, oh, well, for, for the fiction of it, for uh, Aaron's doing the money sign, money, 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 money. Because you were asking all these questions about why and what, and, the, and it's like the answer to everything is money. Exactly. Like the IOC is corrupt. You have enough it money to indeed. grease the wheels, then you can get by. And oh. I mean, hey, Irv, and he said it when he was, was uh, confronted by, by the guy. He was like, well, why'd you do it? And he was like, because, well, I have the quote later, so yeah, I'll save yeah. it then. Okay. All right, go ahead. What Other else? negative reheatables. I somehow didn't write any down. I didn't either, except for Santa. Uh, yeah, but I will add winter sports, which is also in my positive winter sports. But just mm-hmm. watching the Olympics this year, where they're like, the field's like negative 14 degrees out there. I don't, mm-hmm. if there's something that I have to do on a daily basis to practice for, it's not being outside in that. <laughs> yes. Or it's being Jamaican and then you only have to be training in Jamaica and then, <laughs> then be but, put in an ice machine to get acclimated yeah. 
how cold it's gonna be yeah no thank you i have this is in my battery heatables but it's also good but it's also bad how junior somehow managed in that race to fall both parallel to the ground and yet perpendicular to the racers to take out the guy directly next to him and on both sides just how he fell and got his body up twisted like he was a figure skater thank you for reminding me because the he was in the middle lane now the, the middle lane is for the fastest person well, so maybe he, he was really in, the in between the two fastest people. <laughs> there you go. That was well. My... That's true, but it but it's also good because it's a kids movie and it was really funny. I was like, that's a great physical thing in it, and so it does kind of work. But when you put like track mom brain on it, you're just like, there is no. I want to see his qualifying times. <laughs> I wasn't that bad because oh, I didn't I... know enough to know those words. I have, oh, okay, maybe you guys didn't see this, but there's a sports store in Calgary, yes. and it's during the Olympics. And it, everything's on sale. Yes, and everything's 90% off. Yeah. I'm like, is that just them being like, like to get the schmucks in, or are they just that dumb that they're, they're so Canadian, they're like, we're practically giving this away, because we're so Canadian. But did you see what they came out with? that were was being given away <clears throat> oh. extremely flashy bright colors that oh, but it's 1993 that was in style <laughs> you didn't see anybody else wearing those colors that's all i'm saying oh i'm sorry that those aren't the i'm the east german eyeballs literally would have exploded because they were not used to such colors i went to east germany yeah. i saw the the color literally drain out of the world as soon as we crossed the border and i was like i'm i'm colorblind i've lost all my sight and i was like no darling that's just communism <laughs> <laughs> and then we got put in the huskau and um the idea that if you just work hard enough, that's all it takes. Yeah. I'm not saying, go ahead. I, that's like my elementary school. Their motto was everybody's a winner. And my dad had to tell me over and over again. Yeah. Everybody remind me not everybody is a winner and that's yeah. okay. And, and there's a lot of people out there. And there's a lot of different reasons why not everybody's a winner and, and dreaming big will not get you anywhere. I mean, it do, these are all things that it doesn't Oh, help, you guys don't but... like that? Okay. No, I... I, I <laughs> you guys no. have big dreams. Okay. I have a no, big dreams. I get it, because it's true. But you do want to... I mean, do you want to give some kind of yeah. encouragement to these little motherfuckers? Cause it's, yeah. They, they it's a lost something. world right now. <laughs> That's why, like, the working hard, yes, but then you're going to get into the when they do everything right and they put all of their work in and it's oh, something yeah. that it's yeah. up to somebody else, then you've created who has cheated. this thing in there. It's up to somebody else who has yeah, cheated I and their parents point. have done their science fair project for them. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, you, the thing is that you work hard enough and then it doesn't happen for something that's out of your control or you just like, you know, it just wasn't your day or for whatever reason, then, then where does that leave you? 
You know, if you were told, like, I did everything right. It's like, you can do everything right and still this might not happen. How are you going to be okay with that? And I think that's something that we don't get talked about enough. Right. But this film did address that because that happened to Doris and Ewell Brenner, quotation marks, because they weren't able, you know, there was not a second race. No, you get one race. And if you disqualify, there's not another race to be had. So now what are you going to do? I'm going to be part of a bobsled team. Yeah. And then so but, they did but that, was, that. And they did have that resilience. But sometimes it, it just always kind of gets boiled down to like, you it just is. have to try harder. Yeah. Gold uh, isn't good enough. Also, the, mean, e- the so ego. You should work hard. Yes. Instead of dreaming big. There you go. Oh, yeah, you do both. You can kidding. dream you big both. and work hard. Yeah, do both. Mm-hmm. And then your dreams are going to get shattered at some point. But if you worked hard enough, you got a little bit of a cushion to fall onto to pick yourself up, pull yourself together, and start all over again. Yeah, make a new dream. <laughs> Make something maybe a little bit more attainable. Exactly. I, you know, exactly. dial back your expectations. <laughs> the ego, how Coolidge, he didn't want to give them money to even try because he was so afraid of their failure, of their embarrassing themselves. Yes, yes. Like, try and fail and yeah. try again. Because they did fail the first run. The first yeah. run was an embarrassment. And then they, they... But then that's that's also a part of cast, I think, though, too. Because it's the ty- tiny island of Jamaica, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to bring disgrace upon Jamaica because they're right. not really out there in the, you know... Uh, it, it's not like there's a whole bunch of representation of Jamaica, and he's like, you're going to go out there and be foolish. So I can kind of... I am empathetic of where he was coming from, but also it's just kind of like... Really, but we're talking about like, oh, the white man's gonna look down and be disgraced. Like, come on, who cares about what the Western Europeans are gonna think about you? But I will say something I read. Um, they said they were um, pretty much embraced by the other bobsledders, they weren't mm-hmm. shunned the way this movie showed it, the way I expected them to be shunned. Um, they like even they said we have an extra bobsled that you can practice in and um, so I'm sure that there was some racism with it but the bobsledders that this article said were very welcoming to them yeah, I mean they probably sh- didn't see him as a threat so yeah and also it's just it's growing the sport and it's the you know sports is very like that's why a lot of where we get the breaking down of color barriers and stuff like that because it's can you perform and if you can perform that's what matters and they see like well they got here they weren't given a special pass like they earned their way here just like all of us and yeah you're right they weren't coming in posting olympic record times i wonder how they would have been you know received that if they're like yo they're about to break the world record Uh then like no you cannot have that sled but those and those are my negative reheatables. Now we are to positive reheatables. So positive reheatables, I like teeny uh, with negatives. I didn't write anything down. I didn't have like nothing was glaring to me. I um, it was a a fun movie. Um, 
you know, if you could overlook some stuff and um, so, so other people's positives. I had the big old basset hound in the beginning. It was adorable. I, I did think the Jamaica We Have a Bobsled team was a good bop. That song was pretty good, you know, mm-hmm. the song <laughs> itself, good song. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have the mom was you when in Jamaica when they were watching and they got on TV and she said, everybody shut up, my boy's on TV. <laughs> well, that would have been me. That that would have been me. Oh, although, oh, I don't know if I would have let everybody in. <laughs> yeah. She would need and... to be watching it alone. <laughs> I know, I do love, well, I have the Olympics also on my positive list. Um, and I do love when and the Olympics when they show the families watching at home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also had winter sports, even though I had them in my negative because of the comfortability factor. Right. They are cool. They also, are. did you guys know about ski ballet? <laughs> what, I mean, some of this stuff has just like. But I don't know if it's right? still. No, there will be things not. that. They'll come in, like, so they'll have an Olympic sports. Because I remember they had a straight downhill. It was just. Remember that? Yeah, it was just a, like, they basically were going down the ski jump hill. And it was just all about just speed. And so they yeah. would introduce all of these sports. And then if it did, I, I don't know what their whole, again, probably money. Who knows with the IOC. But they'll rotate things in. Yeah, ski ballet is a form of ballet performed on skis. It's basically, it's like basically figure skating, but you're on skis on snow, but mm-hmm. it's hilarious because they kind of tried to do the same kind of outfits. Like they're wearing snow suits, really? but then it's like, kind of like a, like a leotard flare on their shoulder or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you do spins, jumps, and flips, combining them in a two minute routine choreographed to music. Um, and it was in the Olympics until the year, two, like from the 80s until the two, 2000s. Oh, really? I wonder why they mm-hmm. got rid of it. But because they well, needed snowboarding and well, the yeah. There's big, that's true. Because they needed an actual sport. It really, <laughs> I'm sorry to any ski ballet enthusiasts out there. It does not seem like yeah. a sport. Right. I just have to say. It's like break dancing being in the Olympics. Which Which I don't agree. I'm sorry. You heard it here first. I don't agree with. I want to see it. I'm I'm sure it's cool. Might as well. I mean, we let ski ballet try it. What are we judging it on? Yeah, we can try it, but it's the equivalent. I feel like that is the land equivalent. I mean, I guess snow is land. But that's the warm, warm weather equivalent. Well, it's the uh, what would it be? It's the uh, the one that's more accessible to people that you know they don't. Yeah, need well, that's cool. A hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but to get in the yeah, if you put break dancers in snowsuits and gave them skis, then that's what you had. <laughs> wow. Well, hmm. I'm sorry to any break dancers. I appreciate. I, I appreciate judgment. your art, but I think that there are some things. That are for the Olympics and some then prove me wrong, maybe in 2020, 
store, nope. whatever nope. we're going. Or maybe in 2030 something. We will see. <clears throat> okay, is that everybody's positives? Oh, no, I have my positives. Oh, sorry. I have all the bright colors of the early 90s that was trying to be like the late 80s. Oh, but, that was in my brain, but I didn't write it down. All of their outfits were really good. Nobody like, did it better than Aaron. And all this, of that would sell for so much right now. Look at Teeny's hat. Teeny's Are you hat right now. Right That's now. Right. That Neon I want green. Yeah. Um. Okay. This might be a hot take. It might be controversial, but hey. East Germans, in my opinion are the best film villains of all time. Because you got to think about it. You got the fact that they're German and they're East German. So you're like, "Mm, probably Nazi adjacent somewhere. You got the fact that then they're East German. So then they're communists. So then you got that off the bat. And they're East German. So you know they're white. So you just got the trifecta of like that is a movie villain that you can really get behind. You're just you like, forgot you forgot the accent because that accent, is a villain accent. It's, yeah, it's just everything. It's like you don't have to feel bad about like oh they're the you know uh, it's like that's oh man East Germans that is. The chef's kiss of the movie villain. And the best part is you're not offending anybody because there isn't an East Germany anymore. That's And that's what I'm saying. That That's what it makes it so great. They're mm-hmm. the greatest all-time villain. Um, okay. So when I was reading things about cast, they pointed the, this part out as being kind of problematic. But as someone personally who has had this very, very same experience... I looked at it a different way. I acknowledge the trope that it's setting, but also on just that visceral, real deal. Oh my God, I get it. When their their reaction at the Calgary airport, when they have to leave the airport and go out into the weather, <laughs> I have had that happen to me. There have been Decembers where I have come back to the East Coast and I think for a moment, Maybe I just want to spend Christmas in the airport. I, how can the air get this cold? I don't understand. Yeah. And this is with us bringing your winter coat to the airport. Yeah, just all of it. You just, you, you left Southern California and all of a sudden you're just coming back to like, does the sun even exist here? What, no. why is, what is this? Yeah. Leon running. He is so effortless. It looked like he didn't even break a sweat. He was just bouncing and bounding down. And as someone who, when they run, I it's akin to a, a, a drum kit falling down the stairs. I feel like my body mechanics are. Just to see somebody who's just so good at running is just effortless. I'm just like, wow, hats off. Um, the fact that I had forgotten this about the movie that they were in eighth place and then in their final race that in the movie it was the equipment that went wrong and that's why they crashed. But in real life it wasn't the equipment. But I liked I liked that's why it's a good reheatable like I know. they made it the equipment. Exactly. Instead um, of driver error. Which led me to believe I thought I immediately thought that somebody loosened the bolt. 
Oh, mm. that's why she's in our family. I mm. see that didn't occur to me. I just thought, well, it was a really shitty bobsled and they didn't know to go and, and tighten all the nuts on the bolts. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was real shitty. So real run down. Yeah, so even yeah. if they tightened it, it probably would just loosen. Rusted. And yeah, I mean, you know, the East Germans, they, they could get I in know. there. That's why I trust nobody. Mm-hmm. And finally, we mentioned how hideous and broken down that bobsled was. I would just like to point out that those five guys did a professional paint job yeah, on that in no time. Bobsled. I know. Just with do- paint brushes. And they got a glossy finish on yes. it. I mean, they one of them was in body shop and knew exactly what sort of paint and primer and buffing and everything to get because yeah. it looked professional grade. So hats off. Hats off to shop. <laughs> okay, we are too quotable. <clears throat> it's the biggest, coldest roller coaster you've ever been on. It looks so fun, but I know I would have a headache for the rest of my life if I went down a bobsled. (laughs) (laughs) We're different. People always afraid of what's different. Mm. Joe Brenner said Mm -hmm. that. Sprinters make the best bobsledders. Sledders. Sorry. Um, I had the same ones. Uh, And then... (laughs) Cool runnings means peace be to journey. Yes. And then I'm feeling very Olympic today. How about you? That's mm-hmm. been me for the past two weeks. I know. I can't believe it's over. I know. Why so fast? I have when you make winning your whole life, you have to keep on winning no matter what. Yeah. Oh. And you'll do no matter what mm-hmm. to make that happen. I have, they also make them little pocket knives too, but I don't see you doing that. <laughs> well, we did love a Swiss knife, no. didn't we? Oh, it to this day, still, like in past tense, it's got all these things in it, all these it, gadgets. It is so cool. Always remember, your bones will not break in a bobsled. No, no, no. They shatter. Shatter. <laughs> And then when they, they, here's the weed joke, they're outside and they, some, somebody says something, he's like, I'm not smoking, I'm breathing. I can see their <laughs> breath. Those are my quotables. Okay. Uh, my LVP. Today, my LVP is Olympic committees. No. Oh. Well, the Olympic Committee here, it was the bobsledding committee of the Olympic Committee, weren't letting them compete because they just, they didn't want to be embarrassed and, you know, not let, but, you know, just after this two weeks of Olympics, Olympic committees, we got to do some better. So you're talking the IOC? Are you with Sally Jenkins and burning down the IOC? (laughs) No, no. we have to do better all the way around, like being inclusive for this film, but looking out for these young athletes who don't know what's going on and 
And if they do know what's going on to help them out a little bit more and yeah, they just keep failing. Like it just all clicked in my head. I was like, Oh, and then I just remember like that motherfucker, Larry Nasser coming into my head. Yeah. And then you just see like what they like that. They just, they thought that they were, they gave the excuse with the Russian figure skater, like, Oh, let her skate. Cause otherwise it'll be irreparable harm. And that's bullshit. They wanted her because of the money and the ratings exactly. and to see what would happen. And now it's like, have they broken a woman? And not even yes. a woman, a teenager. Like her reaction to that was like, not oh just my her, God. But, but first of all, because Hot of her take. coach, the Russians mm. should not have been competing. They were sanctioned because of doping previously. So they there should not have been a, a Russian Olympic, what was the ROC, a Russian Olympic? It was a Russian Olympic committee because they had gotten in trouble and they were supposed to be banned. Exactly. But, but why? Money. Because exactly. they're like, oh, but we want to compete against the best. And then there's a bunch of Russian Olympians who were like, wait, I, no, no, I wasn't cheating. I wasn't cheating. I should still be able to compete. So then they went in this whole thing and they're like, all right, you can't compete as Russia. You can compete as the Russia Olympic Committee. And if you win, you don't get to play your anthem. You have to play the Olympic anthem okay. and all of that. The, Ma, have you watched that documentary Icarus? Because it, it pretty no, much okay. laid out like, yeah it's uh, they they have just figured it out better than anybody exactly just like the republicans do i mean this is not okay i don't i'm so glad i'm not a teacher right now because uh why why do kids have to follow the rules russia didn't follow the rules and and aaron Rodgers he lied about his thing but he's still the nfl's mvp I, where do come on grow some balls say russia you fucked up. You can't be in this Olympics. Sucks to be a young Olympian in Russia right now. I'm sorry. Gotta wait for four years. Your time might be gone. Oh well. Sorry. Wow. They, you they, heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Other LVPs. Mine was white saviorism. Oh Which yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. we already discussed. You're right. I just didn't see any reason. They, well, okay. Well, I guess we didn't discuss. Oh, crap. That article is <laughs> gone off my phone. Um, <laughs> I thought I had it all queued up. Oh, no. I'm terrible at remembering facts. That's why I have my phone on me. But they... These millennials hear what this is, people. This is paper. That's right. And these millennials yeah, bought and that's me why a I was, And that's why I was never good at taking standardized testing. Mm. I'm not good at remembering. It's just my brain. Oh, wait till you're 70. <laughs> well, I'm fucked. Um, oh, well, we talked about... Oh, I found it. Okay. So we were talking about John Candy and like that at least in the movie not at least in the movie they made it seem like what's his face went to john candy to be like we need you to help us yes yes but in reality it was yes. just these white men who were like oh what sport would you these they were american right 
They're American businessmen who got drunk because in Jamaica and they had Jamaica business dealings and ties to Jamaica, but they got they were drink, drinking and how can we exploit this this little yeah. country that has amazing sprinters? And they were like, oh, we can make we feel like Jamaica would be good at bobsledding. And so then they they did that. So that's my MVP. Because sprinters oh, ah, make ah, the best my, L, my LVP, not my MVP. No, your LVP. My LVP. Um, I have, because <clears throat> that just made me, in the 92, oh, I guess it was because of this. Because I remember that there was something with the United States and how, because Herschel Walker was on the bobsled team. I do not remember this. <laughs> yeah, in 92. So this was after that, after they put the sprinters in. And then I think, like, the Americans were like, oh, yeah, that's what we can do. And so I remember that, yeah, Herschel Walker. And there was, like, other people who were, they tapped to um to get into the bobsled thing of, like, oh, maybe they're onto something. Like, we'll mm-hmm. get super fast, super strong yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my LVP is the it's kind of combines both of your LVPs. Mine's the prohibitively high cost of winter sports. Yeah, uh, that's yes. true. But then I was like actually all sports, but yeah. since it's the winter, we'll go to winter sports. Downhill skiing is restricted to the top four percent globally of wow. income oh, and their children. Because a lift pass is between uh, in the, the United States is between one hundred and fifty and three hundred dollars per week. Oh so God. if you want to be in skiing, like you have to have a lift pass plus yeah. all of the equipment yes. plus all of that. And remember when we were talking last week about figure skating? So mm-hmm. you need ice time, mm-hmm. you need equipment, mm-hmm. all of that you need stuff. Coaches, something like bobsledding that is comparative to a motorsport so like nascar as far as like costs go because you need bobsleds can cost up to a hundred thousand dollars yeah oh my god and there are very few bobsled runs in the world so Mm -hmm. you need to be able to travel and go to these different bobsledding places and then you need to if you have people who are training you need to be able to pay them to Mm -hmm. be able to train so that's why when you're watching these winter olympics you can say to yourself oh it's it's easy to say oh these are dominated by these european nations and and you know it's not very diverse and stuff but then you're like why because it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's my LVP. So now we are to MVPs. Oh, oh, sorry. One oh, other thing sorry. when I was reading about it is be- so it's really expensive. But then if you are a parent who has that kind of money, then you can afford to get your kids the the bet. And th- this is in, now it's in all sports. Yes, you it can is. then afford to ha- get your kid the private coaching, get your kid in mm-hmm. these travel leagues, travel around, do all of these different yeah, things. Even to and elementary then, school. Right. And then by that example, then your kid's getting all of this experience and able to, to go around and made all these quali- qualifications and stuff that is then setting the bar to make it more expensive 
for anybody else. So it's not mm-hmm. just the winter sports where, yeah, you're skiing, you're snowboarding, you're bobsledding, all of that's going to be expensive. You're seeing that happen in something like track where that's oh, just yes. people running. You yeah, know? well, that's like even just like marathon running mm-hmm. should be one of the cheapest things. All you need is a pair of shoes. Right. But you gotta then you got to have a nutrition coach mm-hmm. and a speed coach and an endurance coach. And yep. it's just like, and you have to have the money to buy the groceries that that nutrition then, coach tells you to buy, which is you all fresh stuff. The Nike Vaporfly shoes, and that's, jeez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why, and it, it, you don't need to have those, but all of those things add up and give somebody who is maybe, maybe it's, okay, it's like between me and Teeny. Teeny's got all the money, and she, her parents are able to, like, afford all that stuff and that technical stuff. And maybe if we were, we're just we're speaking hypothetical. Hypothetically. <laughs> the names are loaded. And then yeah, you have right. like me and like I was dusting teeny in that this is hilarious because this is not true this at is, all. She dusts this me. This is a funny but thing, but I, I let's was, go. I would be dusting teeny in the races and stuff, but then her parents are able to support get her the nutritionist, get her her new stride, you know, her mechanic down, all that, take her out to all these different her chiropractor, all of that. And so then when we're racing, she's had all this like advantage and she's finely tuned. So then she starts beating me because I'm just going off of raw talent. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, and that's how it works. And that's why even in soccer, like, the United States of America, we should be. And I mean, you, it's just it's crazy because we, we should. We, there's so much talent that we have. But of course, America's got to be America. You know, and of course we have like so many other problems, but it's just, this is one of those things where it's just the rich keep expanding the gap. Exactly. The trickle down isn't trickling down. All right. Exactly. Um, so I'm going with my MVP. Yes. Uh, and my MVP is that it's loosely, loosely, loosely based on a true story. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could be something that somebody made up and it would be hilarious to even contemplate taking four young men from, uh, or four young women from a, a tropical island and putting them in an ice sport where they've never even seen or felt ice before. So um, there were many changes to the story to make it more Disney-like, more, you know, because we got to bring the money in from it. But to make it a feel-good movie, it is a feel-good, fun movie to watch. And I love that they did not meddle. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a medal. It has to be the fact that they crossed the finish line. And that, that was enough. That's my MVP. My MVP is similar and it's doing your best Mm. because they did it. And I'm surprised. I thought we had this as a category for last year. Biggest tearjerker movie. Cry best. Did you cry? My LVP was that I did cry. I teared up at the end. I did. I had tears. They They didn't necessarily fall, but yeah. yeah. You didn't? Well, like, because they went through all of that, 
and then they crash and they. I, pr- I mean, I probably did. If I'm being honest, like my default gonna is to cry. We're gonna yeah. finish the. Nobody race. died, so so well, she didn't no, shed No, I always cry at a, at Olympic, like any sort of. Yeah. You yeah. know, like the Rams winning the Super Bowl, I had to turn it off. I'm like, I'm getting teared up anytime somebody. Oh, Somebody like a like just achieves what they set out to do and to achieve it. I'm a sucker for that. It's true. Yeah. So my MVP is doing your best and finishing the race. Ah. Tim Mapes, thank you. Because as much as I don't think everyone's a winner, I don't like quitters. Mm. Yeah. Yep. That's sorry to all the quitters out there. Hey, she's not. Up, I know. I feel it's just very that you're not doing not me. Yeah, because <laughs> that is what I am too stubborn to quit. That's why. Well, but that's, that's why I also don't start a lot of shit. going on 16 years with the same job. Here we are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, but that's why I don't start a lot of shit. Don't start no shit. Won't be no shit. <laughs> <laughs> My MVP. Is and that maybe this was why I I probably did, but it's the slow clap. This has one of the greatest slow claps. Yes, I thought of you immediately. So then I had to look it up because I'm like, what are the great slow claps in movie history? Goes back to Citizen Kane, maybe even before that, but there was a great slow clap in Citizen Kane. Oh, I don't remember. There's a slow clap in Mary Poppins. And then slow clapping really came into its own during the 80s, and that's why it's like a thing, I'm sure, with with me. You had Hoosiers had a slow clap. The, The film Lucas had a slow clap, which I remember. And then the most famous slow clap to me is probably... Well, now it's this movie, but Rudy had such oh, a Rudy, great yeah. slow clap. I just love the the slow clap. It's just yeah, yeah. You know, Aaron, that's been forty years that the slow clap has been in in our family. Yeah, sometimes I'll just bust it out randomly, but but not easily earned. No, it's it's the equivalent of a Paul Hollywood handshake it is, in the Bush it, family. It's it, the Aaron Bush slow clap. It is indeed. <laughs> now and I don't I'm think gonna... I've ever received one. Well, hey. Hey. <laughs> got... I, I knew you should take that as a compliment. I knew we were in this relationship for the long haul. So I was like, I can't just be giving this out. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Because you know Paul Hollywood gave a few out that he wishes he, he had taken oh. back. Yeah. yeah, it was in the moment. He was like, oh. I'm going to say, speaking of Paul Hollywood, that my new butter pie crust made in my mini processor is a slow clap. I mean, this oh. it's, it's life-changing. Okay, so we are to recasting, and I didn't. Neither did I. Okay, so I was going to recast it, but I was going to recast it with the four real Bob's letters, but then oh, I was nice. like... No, we are not going to let this Winter Olympics close out without. And I was like, no, no, this isn't the movie that I want to recast. Because this is the movie that I want made in 2022. The movie that I want made in 2022, I'm going to recast that movie. I want the movie to be 
about Aaron Jackson, the gold medal winning woman in the 500 meter figure speed skating. Yes, the first black woman to ever win a gold medal in speed skating. She was the first American to win in speed, long track speed skating since Bonnie Blair. I remember watching Bonnie Blair with her her quads that were just amazing. And she was just like going, her and Dan Jansen, like as a little kid, I was locked in on that. Listen to this story. And I want to say before I get into this, that I want the movie to be, this is Aaron Jackson's story. She's the main character. And I, it needs to be held. This movie needs to be, I don't want it to get into white savory thing. This is a movie about friendship because it could be, when I tell you, you'll understand why you're like, Oh, it could go a little sideways, but no, this is the Aaron Jackson story because during her qualifiers for this Olympics in Beijing, she fell during the qualifiers. Mm. And so she placed third and only the top two could go to the Olympics. But her friend and teammate, Brittany Bow, gave up her spot. Oh. And Brittany Bow, she was she's she's more of a distance speed skater. So she uh-huh. was like, I'm I'm probably gonna qualify anyway. Like I don't really need the 500 and like you're actually like the World oh Cup God. champion in this. So she just gave, straight up gave up her spot. So a little chariots of fire thing going on here. Right? And so and she, she won a medal. Yeah, and then Brittany Bo ended up winning the bronze medal in the 1,000 meter race. Oh wow! After so wait, so you have all of that, but then Aaron Jackson didn't start speed skating until February 2017. What? You know what? I and I heard a couple of those in Winter Olympic sports where a couple of them they were like, oh, she picked up snowboarding at 23 or something. So she had, she's from central Florida. She was into figure skating, but then got into, and we (laughs) we know why. why. Then she got into speed inline skating and she was just doing that. She also went to the university of Florida and like majored in, uh, like engineer. Like I, what she majored in is too smart for me to even tell you what she majored in. Her hobbies when she's not, (laughs) which she's not like being a gold medals, you know, Olympian is going to school. So she's got all of these degrees, all like she's, she, she is super smart. So she started, so she was on the, um, inline speed skating. Somebody gave her a pair of speed skates and there's actual like, I don't know, TikTok, Instagram of her, her first time on skates in February, 2017, a year later, she was in the Olympics at, the 2018 wow. Olympics. Wow. So I'm just like, this, this needs to be a movie. She's the star. So the co-star would be Brittany Bow. I'm going to have Lily Collins. I'm like, okay, Lily Collins being there. And then for Aaron Jackson, I have Zosha Rockmore. She was in the mini project and she was also in Colin in black and white. So you can just, this is her starring vehicle to make this movie about this fantastic black American woman who just just like and she's 29 now so that means 29 she 
Nice. She was in her mid twenties when she like first even put on a pair, a of, pair of skates. Yeah, and then it's just and then and then the drama because she didn't she didn't make it. Then Brittany Bow was like, "Here, go ahead and you take my spot." She gets the Olympics, wins the gold. She like flies back, and then Brittany has her race, and then Brittany wins the bronze medal. Oh my gosh, tearjerker! And and it's not a white savior story because they are friends and teammates. And Brittany was like, no, this is, she knew as soon as she stumbled, she was like, she's, she's getting my spot because wow. she's a part of the team. Like she's on the, the speed skating team. She knows that she's the best and she just stumbled and she's going to win the gold. She's like, this isn't even my specialty. Yeah. Take my spot. There's, there's no question about it. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. We'll just leave that. And we can leave that part out of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I don't it, but I, I just, it is a great story. No, so, yeah, that is. That would be the new Disney one. They can, they can make up for it. There we go. But they won't. Get Ava DuVernay on it. <laughs> yeah. They, I thought an Aaron Bush film. Okay, Tasty Nuggets. The Tasty Titties. I'm sorry. Tasty yeah. Titties. Um, I already talked a little bit about Devin Devon Harris. The, the founder of the Jamaican bobsled team. Um, and they really did get their start with Pushcart Derby. Yeah. Um, and he became a modal, a motivational speaker after his 30. He went on to um, compete in three Olympic games. Yay. And he went on to become a motivational speaker after the third Olympic games. He wrote a children's book. And he has an organization called Keep On Pushing. And they do a lot to help kids. Um, I think they do something with making sure people are fed. But he also is still involved in um, the Jamaican team. And when they were, I watched an interview in 2008. No, from two days ago. And they were like, oh, the they were talking to all to three of the guys from the original team. And the fourth one, they were like, oh, he couldn't be here because he's in he was at the Olympics helping to coach the women. Mm -hmm. Outstanding. And the women's Jamaican bobsled team debuted in 2018 in the Olympics. Nice. Um, and then they said that I, I think you have more on the story, but um one of the differences in the movie in real life is they really did. They got to the Olympics and the second week into the Olympics, they said, Hey, there's a four person event. We should compete in that. So we could all get medals and they needed one more person. So they recruited Chris Stokes and taught him. He was like, we taught him everything we knew in three days, which wasn't much. Yes. <laughs> Run yes, fast, push were hard. It wasn't going to be a four. It was originally just the two man. And then, yeah, yeah they, they could have the, uh, they're like, wait, there's a four man. Mm -hmm. I have that in 1993. This was the highest grossing live action movie that Walt Disney Pictures had put out. Oh, I had that Denzel turned down the Doris role well, and yeah. Eddie Murphy turned down Good. the Sanka role because of money. Yeah, I mean, 19, yeah, yeah, 19, you're talking about 1993. 
Denzel Washington, he had just played or was, yeah, he had just been Malcolm X. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Disney wanted Wesley Snipes to be Yul Brenner and Marlon Wayans to be Junior with Denzel and Eddie Murphy, of course. Tupac auditioned for this film. What? Oh. I have that Cuba Gooding Jr., Jeffrey Wright, and Eric LaSalle were also all considered. Exactly. Um, Which, that uh, just is sad, a sad indictment of Hollywood movies. Yeah. Where they're making cool runnings and every black actor <laughs> is up for the role. The crash scene was all, um, except for the close-ups, was all real footage. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is not funny, but then we were watching, we should, we started watching YouTube videos afterwards and they were showing, we were watching the real footage of the, we were, we clicked on like real footage of the race and I was like, they're showing the movie footage. <laughs> I was like, this isn't real. They're showing the movie footage just because it was real. All right. And the real crash was not, as we talked about, mechanical. Remember, they said that this is a the the track is getting faster and faster, so it was driver error. And when they were looking for who they wanted to drive the bobsled, they were looking for a helicopter pilot, because how to how to steer the bobsled mm. was very much like how to steer a helicopter. Because they wanted sprinters, but when they went, the businessmen went to Jamaica for the sprinters, no sprinters were, I don't know if it was, I think they were kind of met with reluctance from the sprinters, so they went to the military. So the original bobsledders weren't sprinters, they were in the military. And what I saw one guy was like, yeah, uh, his superior told him to go where he was, <laughs> you know, here, go. And he was like, I'm in the military. My superior told me that I have to go somewhere, so I went. That's how I ended up on the team. Wow. I Just a quick note on bobsleds while you're on it. We're talking about helicopter pilots. Um, I, we watched a terrible video of the history of bobsleds. It was so boring, but they became came about in 1897. Um, and they showed footage from, like, 1924 with, like, these guys are getting into the bobsleds, like smoking the cigarette, putting it out while they would get. Oh, like there's my dad with his tiny cigars getting into a bobsled. Um, Throwing his Bud Light. Yeah, it wasn't until the 50s where it became as we know it now. But in 1952, well, that was when they had to introduce weight limits, and they said there were that was the end of super weight, the super weight bobsledder. Which I never oh. thought about, but that makes sense because if you could just get these guys super heavy, yeah, and they yeah, they started faster, weighing the sled and all all of the bobsledders so that everybody yeah. weighed about this, like horse racing or like NASCAR, then, right? Yeah, okay. Now they and then women's didn't debut in the Olympics until two thousand two because wow. the women would have to be weighed in public. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just, just put down a 140 for me. We, why do we even have to go through any of this? Tell me what you think it is. is. I'm good with it. Um, Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, I love it. (laughs) Interrupted by my daughter-in-law. The, I, when I was reading the article in the Washington Post, 
some of the uh, some of the bobsledders felt like the film's com comic tone and character depictions um, irked those who inspired it, as opposed to how serious an accomplishment it was. They wanted you to know they worked really hard. Yeah. It wasn't a yeah. spur of the moment thing. They worked really hard to get there. But other people felt like it captured the spirit of what we did. I mean, it was a fluke. They worked really hard to get there, and but it was a fluke, you know? Well, I mean, it's teeny nailed it. She was like, do you want it to be cool runnings or do you want it to be chariots of fire? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, hey. I would have liked a little in between, a little less stereotypical. I think maybe... That what we then we end up with uh, remember the Titans. I think that that like Disney had to figure out the the you know the semi serious. So then we we get remember the Titans. We get Miracle. You know Disney hadn't yet figured out their well they were they were sports. playing to their audience and their audience yeah. was young kids and young kids want to laugh. And they're gonna laugh at the fart jokes. They're gonna laugh at the fat and, people. They're gonna and we laugh got at these. We got these tropes because this is America, you know. So well, we got these Jamaicans. They have a everybody knows Jamaicans have a great time. So we have that. So yeah. Man, Jamaicans at the at the pen relays. That was that was a party. I I mean, <laughs> you know. It was a party. That in the in the perspective, she was like, I can't really call it a stereotype because it's not like we don't like these things. <laughs> well, a stereotype comes around because uh, yeah, it kind of happens a lot. So, okay, other tasty titties. Okay, sorry, we got breaking news. Bubba Wallace just almost finished first in the Daytona 500. Really? I just saw him second. on the View this week. I didn't week. see anything. Adam said it was a crazy finish. Oh, oh wow! But he finished second. That's good. Nice. Yes, that's Woo outstanding. He was so good on the View this week. That's a lot. I of mean, talking to a lot man. of old. Yeah. Also, born in 1993. Wow. Born in 1993. Mm -hmm. Well done, Bubba. A favorite of this family. I have that. Um, so I read an article debunking movie myths, the Jamaican bobsled team by Jameson Fleming. And he said that money was never an issue for the Jamaican bobsled team because they had these two American businessmen, um, people. Them? Yeah. He said that the, that they did start with a push cart and they were trained like on the flat of the military base in Jamaica to get the starts right. But then they went over to Austria and Lake Placid and ah. trained. Yeah, I did hear that they had been on the ice before the actual Olympics. Right. And push cart, the push cart derby, that is a very popular sporting event and it's held every August in Jamaica. Yeah. They, where it they must use be the homemade wild. carts. Yeah. Um, they also, the Olympian, they couldn't go outside of the Olympic Village because they would get mobbed because people would well, just. because it was a little obvious who they yeah. were. Yeah. So Winter Olympics. And they got so men. they got so much attention from the American press. So yeah, that was a whole thing. Um the so they did return in nineteen ninety two. 
and they finished 14th mm -hmm. ahead of both the American teams, the Russians and the French. They finished ahead of the Russians. And then in these Olympics, in the 2022 Olympics, that was the first time that they qualified since 98. So it had been a bit oh, of a wow, drought. Okay. This Olympic time in Beijing, they did finish last among the 28 teams. But they also, I would say, what did you qualify for? If you're like, <laughs> oh, you yeah. did last. Like, I'm sorry, what have you done lately? They still get the Olympic rings tattoo. They were in the Olympics. Yeah, they, they qualified. That's not an easy feat. No, um, it's not. They, the Jamaican team also had a two-man's team and a women in the monobob. And this was the first mm -hmm. year of the monobob. Mm -hmm. And that's Jasmine Fenelator Victorian. So, Outstanding. Shout out to her. Um, in this Olympics, one of the Olympians, Matthew Weckby, he even carried a plastic egg with him. Like, oh, really? Yeah. So he had that. Um, I already mentioned how originally it was going to be a serious sports film. It was going to be called Blue Maga. M-A-A-G-A. -A -A. Hmm. That's really so. close to Maga. <laughs> um, John Candy took a pay cut to play mm -hmm. Irv. He, studio... really, he, he really petitioned to get the part. Mm -hmm. They had somebody else already lined up. Well, the studio wanted Kurt Russell. Yeah. Hmm. But then they were like, wait, wait. We're going to make a movie about the miracle on ice. Yeah. We're, we're going to wait. Let's, let's save Russell. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this is something that these kids today probably don't know about, but I grew up hearing about it. And it's that old win one for the Gipper. Yeah. You always hear about it. That has to do, it's a saying that came because there was this guy named George Gipp. AKA the Gipper. He was a college football player at Notre Dame. Yep. So it was big time. And he was coached big time by white. Big time yeah, white. Big time white. Of course, of course. We're, we're talking like in the 20s. So it's default. Um, he was coached by this guy named Newt Rockney. And the Gipper died of strep throat in 1920. Oh. It was like weeks after he had been elected. Did Notre Dame's first All-American player. Wow. Strep throat. Yeah. Strep throat. Well, they didn't have the antibiotics like See, they do but now. I, oh, yeah, but strep throat can go into... a bad into, way to go. Yeah. It goes into... I mean, it took Washington out. Yeah, well... You know? And all of his bad deeds and all of his karma. But, yes, yeah, he was strep throat. So, apparently... He said to his coach, Newt Rockney, when he was laid up in the hospital and it wasn't looking too well, he, he gave this whole speech about how he, was, he wasn't going to make it. But one day, coach, he was like, when the team is really up against it and they got, they're getting their brakes beaten off and they just need a push to win, you just tell them to go out there and win and one, for, one the for the gipper. gipper. Right. Ooh. And so, yeah, sure enough, like Newt Rockney, like years later, they were up against it. And he's in the locker room. And he's like, guys, 
like, and you know, keep in mind, Newt Rockney couldn't sit on this gem for very long. You know, this is college. Like, the, you know, people would be like, "Excuse me, who the Gipper?" Yeah. Like, you you gotta pull you got this out. Years. Yeah. yeah, you gotta pull this out when people still remember who George the Gipper was, so that they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna go out and win one for him." And he did. He pulled it out. And apparently Notre Dame beat Army because of this, and it was this whole thing. And then they made this movie in 1940 called Newt Rockney All-American. And in that film, George the Gipper was played by one Ronald Reagan. And because Ronald Reagan played George the Gipper, when he was running for his political offices, he would say, he would then trot out George Gipper and be like win one for the Gipper as in that motherfucker did anything to deserve winning for the Gipper he it's basically stolen valor what exactly the fuck? Oh my exactly God. new category he just used it as a political stolen valor in my book this is stolen valor so I I thought that was interesting and I wanted that to be put out there I'm glad because I never understood the win one for the Gipper now I I, you know, it reminds me of Brian's song, but oh yeah, talk about a tearjerker. Tear oh man, but okay, well that was good. Christine, do we have any titties? I think I went over all my titties already. Okay, my titties have been out, exposed. My titties have been exposed, <laughs> as it were. I guess we're ready for next week then. I guess the we Olympics are. are over, so I'm not okay. going doing no okay. more. Yeah, we know Olympics, but, but it is still Feb. February. <laughs> so I went for a a black director, and wait, I I won the dufecta what's it called a double one instead of a trifecta i'm gonna go with trifecta yeah okay so i have a black director and a black screenwriter oh a bifecta yeah it's a neo noir thriller film could we be more ma than neo noir what is neo noir i mean a new new black a new New noir, noir film. film. Mm-hmm. 1995. 1995. And De- early... Devil in a Blue Dress. Yeah. <laughs> we are doing 1995's Devil in a Blue Dress. We've, we You have... had to have cheated. You had to have no, given her no, she she your Google I history. No, she just said noir. I run that down. She said 1995, and then I'm just like, what was Denzel in? Yeah, come on, Devil in a Blue Dress. I knew that that was a black director. And we have early Don Cheadle. Yeah, this is where I first saw, like, where I was like, oh wow, Don Cheadle is good. I remember seeing. I can't believe. To in my mind though, I can't believe that you said 95. I. I can't because I remember seeing this in the movie theater. I can't believe it was '95 that I saw this. Wow! It's called. I've Getting never old. heard of it. Um, because it's it's like a like a lost gem. It's it's like early and it shows Los Angeles like um 
you know, when people, when the mig- the Great Migration, isn't that, isn't it set in L.A.? And there's part of the Great Migration because he, because, you know, Denzel Washington is out there and he's doing his thing. Yeah. This fits yeah, I remember it. seeing it. And so um, I was looking, now, I will say I did check out Malcolm X, but Christine, it's over three hours long. That's so. Long. I went for this one that is one hour and 42 minutes. This is, I like, because it's a noir. Oh, and guys, guess what? I watched Nightmare Alley. It's available on Hulu and HBO Max. So I should keep, I I shut it off because, but I should keep up with it. I should keep going. It's, it's a, it's a film noir. If you like the old timey noir films, it's, that's what it is. It reminded me of Freaks a Touch. It did. Yes. Yeah. Me too. And that's why I was interested in it. And then I was just like, oh, it's just a film noir. It's nothing supernatural or anything it, like that. Yeah, because, yeah, we do kind of balk at that. So, okay, I'll go back to Nightmare Alley, but um, Devil in a Blue Oh, Dress. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. You get well, Denzel in a in an A-frame shirt, if I, if I remember correctly. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may be. Uh, made it might have caught a, a wife beater back in the day. Did we see it down at um, on Route One? The cinema. We would have had to seen it at the Mount Vernon yeah. multiplex because that yeah. was that was where we went to. That was the go-to, which is now a Costco. Mm. Okay, listeners, we hope you enjoyed our two Olympic films. But uh, next week we're going for straight. Neo Noir. You are just Denzel. Denzel. Uh, he can't do better. It's not so like early Don Cheeto. Come on. Well, listeners, there you go. Bye bye.